tuning into Roll Call. The movie selected is Blood and Wine. Welcome to Roll Call, the show where two childless millennials gush over movies and follow an actor's journey from their early years through their blockbuster hits. Because let's face it, we miss blockbuster. Uh, yeah, someone's got to dust off those Uncle Bucks at some point, right? I love Uncle Buck. <laughs> it's like my favorite John Candy movie. It's a classic. It truly is. Do you know the difference between a hatchet and her axe? <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, hi, I'm Bria, and I prefer wine over blood any day. <laughs> and I'm Simone, and honestly, at this point in quarantine, my blood is probably at least 50% wine. So come at me, mosquitoes. They're going to be drunk. They're like, oh, I didn't know we were going to wine tasting today. <laughs> Are we in Napa today? Or- oh, <laughs> she has a nice Franzia vintage edition 2003 box wine. <laughs> so just just for your F- information, a little FYI, we spent like two hours on Zoom talking about 90s video games before we even got to planning for this episode. So true, true. Just just throwing that out there. But in today's episode, we'll chat about Jennifer Lopez again in 1996's Blood and Wine. That's right. Now, let's go ahead and take a trip back. Now, most of the filming was done in 1996. In fact, probably all of the filming was done in the year of 96. This film, I whole the whole time had went into it thinking that it was a 96 release date. However, this movie was released in February, on February 21st of 1997. Oh, any guesses on what was happening in February of 97? I was only five, so <laughs> Barney was Barney was life. Barney was popping and thriving. Uh, mighty Morphin <laughs> Power Rangers were still mighty and morphin. Um, yep. um, let me think. Um, well, Janet Jackson's Janet album came out in 96, so I'm assuming that was still very big in the zeitgeist. She probably had like if as a video out or something um poetic justice probably would have been out maybe around that time because the song is also on that album mm-hmm. um yeah that's all i've got that's a good that's a good little bria's um what i would be caring about in 97 <laughs> oh that's true um so in for just in the month of february 97 the simpsons had came out with their 165th episode which made it the longest running animated series in cartoon history which still going strong very strong in the year 2021 wow yeah i was gonna say like it's still on (laughs) it's still on and they still predict everything which is very terrifying and scary and kind of cool at the same time um the oj verdict had come out and they had Mm. decided that um that he would pay the 25 million dollars in damages i'm using damages in air quotes there right and the civil lawsuit yep from the civil lawsuit 
And in uh, on February 21st, and I thought this was interesting and might correlate with why this movie was kind of a box office flop, but on the same day, The Empire Strikes Back had released a special edition premiere in theaters, which gave new life and breath into the Star Wars franchise, because this would be before the prequels were released. So George Lucas took his New Balance sneaker and said, fuck your movie, Jack Nicholson. (laughs) Yeah, he did. Yeah, he did. He knew exactly what he was doing. (laughs) Nice. Shout out to George Lucas. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I'm always living for little 90s recaps, so I still love it. Nothing, nothing in there disappointed me except for OJ. Yeah. Because he disappoints everybody. (laughs) So, did you see, did you happen to watch the trailer of this movie? I did. I finally did. I watched it before my rewatch. Mm-hmm. And I was like, yep, this definitely told pretty much the plot. I don't have to rewatch it. <laughs> I know, right? Okay. So, that's what I thought was so funny. When we do our like pre record sessions and we go over who's going to discuss what, that was one of my burning questions. I was like, did you watch the trailer? Because I feel like you could just watch the movie by watching the trailer enough times to just kind of get the gist of it. (laughs) And I don't know what it was uh, because I don't think trailers now are not only long, but they're just long and dramatic of like with epic, like doom, 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 doom. Like, yeah, in the voiceover. Yes, but I felt like movie trailers in this era of time gave you a two minute clip of all the important things that were like movie trailers in these times were just like not spoiler free (laughs) they were just like this is what the movie is so you can come and see a 101 minute version of it if you want (laughs) yeah movie trailers in the 90s are like the water cooler talk at work like (laughs) you know oh i saw this movie basically this happened this happened blah 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 and then you decide "Hmm, do i want to fill in the the pieces that i don't know about do i want to watch it or i know what happens so hmm. Do I want to take time out of my weekend to go go watch that movie? So I, I totally agree. And so far, that's been true of all the movies we've done so far mm-hmm. for JLo. I'm curious, like in my spare time, now that we've had this chat, I want to watch like some trailers for like other movies that I really like from the 90s mm-hmm. um, to see if that holds true for those as well. Yeah, that's a good point. And di- so, I mean, you could do it with some of the movies that were also released this month, which were Dante's Ooh. Peak, which had Pierce Brosnan in it, Fool's Russian with Friends Fame Matthew Perry, Booty Call with Jamie Foxx. I love Booty Call. <laughs> I'm okay. I'm not ashamed because of a story. Small story. Basically, I love Booty Call because in high school, it was on the movie channels very frequently. And Mm -hmm. a former friend of mine from high school, she would watch it. And then I was 
I don't know if we watched it like a weekend together, but like we both happened to watch it, I think. And so we we would talk about it and then it just became kind of like this movie. Like every time it was on, like I'd watch it and like she was quoting it and stuff like that. So it is it's one of those movies that I caught a lot on TV in high school and it's it's been ingrained in my mind. <laughs> I also think it's a movie that like my parents rented or had and it was like one of those movies like oh okay you need to close close your eyes cover your eyes or go go somewhere go to your room (laughs) yeah all right so as hinted earlier this movie was deemed a box office womp womp um its budget was 26 million with a total gross of 1.1 million Ooh. Right. And I think, again, what we were talking about last uh, episode is because of this amazing star-studded cast, I think that that's where most of that budget came from. Because when talking about what Money Train and or no, it was Jack Jack. budget was so big. Um, But for Blood and Wine with a $26 million budget, and there's not that um, high amount of special effects or practical stunts or like you know like big explosions and, and yeah. things like that i mean there's Just car the crashes car, yeah the car crash um yeah that's about it that's a yeah that's about it and so i i want to say that most of that movie budget probably went into hiring notable names like jack nicholson michael kane uh not gina davis judy davis i knew it was judy but i I was thinking judy dench and i was like it's not i know it's not judy dench but close judy davis judy dench Mm -hmm. she's recently in ratchet with um sarah paulson oh which connects to jack nicholson because that's a pre-telling story of one flew over the cuckoo's nest hmm hello I don't think I've seen I also realized I haven't seen a lot of Jack Nicholson movies like besides him and Batman <laughs> and, and The Shining but I don't think I've seen very many Jack Nicholson movies so which I think speaks a lot again to our generation of like when you ask like who's your Batman and who's your Joker if you say Michael Keaton and Jack Nicholson versus Christian Bale and And Heath Ledger Ledger. (laughs) (laughs) or even like Adam West and Cesar Romero who were the original Batman and Joker like so funny you could even do that with Catwoman like Mm -hmm. Because I saw I saw some um, stuff about Michelle Pfeiffer's Catwoman, and to me that that's the Catwoman I know. But yeah, so this cast I'm guessing ate the budget and probably like location. They shot in Miami, right? And yeah. um, and I think the Florida Keys I saw mm-hmm. as well. So I don't think it's cheap to shoot a movie there. So that might that might have played a role. That's true. And I think a lot of the sets, like especially houses and mansions and stuff, might have just been places that already existed and they just paid to rent them out to shoot there. Yeah, the, uh, I believe I saw in an interview that the the house that they committed the robbery at was on Billionaire's Row, 
Mm-hmm. in Miami, which is an infamous neighborhood of billionaires, if you couldn't tell by the name. <laughs> All right. So knowing, I know you have a lot of thoughts about this, which I can't wait to get into because <laughs> we, <laughs> Bria like made a literal bitch list, which she is keeping a surprise for me until now, which I I can't wait to get into. What do you think Roger Ebert thought of this? Do you think it was yasty or nasty? I don't know. Um, did he give stars? Can I guess the stars? He did give stars and you may. Is it out of five or yes. four? Five. Um, I'm going to say he gave it probably three. You're very close. Three and a half. Oh, yeah. Hey, Roger, you're way nicer than <laughs> Way nicer than expected, too. So some of Roger's highlights, three and a half. And he just said, like, listen, y'all, overall, it is what it is. It is like a crime movie characters don't have too much redeemable qualities but he attributes this movie to one of jack nicholson's best performances which says a lot i mean to be fair as good as it gets comes out later this year which i think jack nicholson might have gotten an oscar or at least some kind of nomination and jack nicholson has done so much since then so we have to take that for a grain of salt but like when we compare this to like the Shining, one flew over the cuckoo's nest. I'm like, really, Roger? Yeah. Roger. Mm. Um, but he does not have much to say about Jennifer Lopez, um, other than that side characters kind of just play a crucial role to the plot. That they're not just side characters to keep the plot rolling, but that they all have their own kind of freedom of choice and character. Um, and he calls it a direct a direct quote is he calls it a morality play dripping with humid sex and violence. Humid sex and violence. <laughs> yeah. Okay. I I mean I I didn't want to get in the into this too early, but okay. So last episode I mentioned J Lo um, was in GQ in 1996 because of Rosie Perez that um, information I had read that article and I believe in that article as well she talked about they asked her about blood and wine or is another article I read can't be sure because my brain is frizzled um but something I read um she they asked her about oh I think it was regarding money train or Mm -hmm. I don't know something I read they asked her about sex scenes and they were like oh blood and wine she's like oh yeah there's a really you know, big sex scene in that and stuff. So my perverse self was like, oh yeah, we're going to get some juicy goodness in this movie. And I think for one, the first watch, I was like, well, where the fuck was the sex scene? (laughs) (laughs) So I was was disappointed in that respect. And then in rewatching it this morning, I... I wasn't looking for the sex scene, but like the tension is there mm-hmm. and it never, it never results to anything. And they did film the sex scene. It wound up, wound up getting cut. Um, I saw that in a video. I saw of um, a video interview of Jennifer Lopez on YouTube. And she's like, you know, it's, you know, it's whatever they decide is best for the story. And, you know, and they decided it was like 
maybe too much. So I'm, I'm guessing it was steamy, mm-hmm. but I still feel like this movie might've needed that. Like it, it, you could maybe tone down the sex scene. I don't know how graphic it was or how long it was or anything like that. Maybe it didn't need to be like long or too graphic, but there needed to be something because I feel like the dynamic of similar to Money Train, like the dynamic with Jennifer Lopez's character as um as the beautiful Gabriella mm-hmm. is is all about Jack Nicholson is having an affair with her and then his stepson doesn't know that but is obviously attracted to her mm-hmm. and flirting with her and going out of his way to like go to her house and all this stuff and it's like what is the point of that dynamic if nothing culminates from that like yeah so, so did they say what like who the sex scene was with was it with Jack Nicholson or was it with it was Jason with Steven, is- yeah, it was with Jason, Steven Dorff's character. So, um, because the interview I read from like an old magazine, it was, um, it was like, oh, you know, you have Blood and Wine with Jack Nicholson, Steven Dorff, Sarah, like, sexy nun. She's like, oh, with Jack, not, not anything too, you know, bad, but there's a big one with Steven Dorff's character. And, um, and yeah, so I'm just... I just feel like they didn't, they did her character a disservice by cutting the sexy, <laughs> sex scene out. And I hate to put it like that because, again, we don't want to over sexualize JLo. But then, like, I was thinking about it. The lady at like 40 something years old make a song, made a song called Booty. So. <laughs> I can't, I mean, what were we supposed to do with that? Ignore that she's hot and sexy. Like she knows she's hot and sexy. Like, Oh yeah. And I think maybe too, like her choices in acting are, and maybe I'm being too critical about it. And her choices are more about like taking autonomy over her body and owning her sexualization, which is totally fine. Um, I think a lot of not not just Robert Ebert uh, review, but like other smaller reviews, um, the Florida Times was one of them <laughs> just because this was like a huge, as you said, Miami, Florida based movie. Um, but a lot of other smaller articles had just talked about like oh you would think someone with like a great ass like jennifer's apple derriere would be the star performance but she fell flat and i was like objectifying jennifer lopez it's me okay florida times now okay yeah <laughs> so i'm like really so- apple dairy <laughs> Yeah, That's where just... apple bottom jeans came from. Flo <laughs> read that newspaper article and was like, hmm. well, no, Nelly read it first because he made the brand apple bottom. And, mm-hmm. But yes. <laughs> Nelly's Flo. sitting at his kitchen table with a cup of coffee and he's like reading this newspaper. He's like, hmm. Hmm. okay. That in my rap notebook. Oh, <laughs> Oh my goodness. So this, I feel, um, 
like the whole like Roger Ebert's view on this being one of Jack Nicholson's like best performance and this morality play about sex and violence. I think it's we talk about Jennifer Lopez getting typecasted from so far with what we've seen of her work. But Jack Nicholson kind of plays that same kind of character that it feeds into this idea that Jack has this knack for always taking his roles to a very sexual tone and sexual in nature. Um, there's always something kind of devilish about him um, and mm. very scary. It's the eyebrows. It's, oh, <laughs> it's fucking eyebrows. But um, one thing that I had said that mentioned in pre-recording was that back in the day jack used to throw these like crazy coke fueled parties and that there were pictures of him with these huge celebrities like pictures of him with the beatles on the beach and someone showed him those pictures and he's like i don't remember any of that (laughs) what that always blows my mind yeah yeah and yeah his drugs of choice were cocaine and marijuana and he would just have these huge lavish parties with the celebrities of the time and he's kind of notorious for being a bit of a playboy which is funny because when you look at him obviously now you're like oh god (laughs) but maybe you know maybe a little bit of coke a little bit of blow and you would see like a vintage jack nicholson and be like um it'd have to be way more vintage than 1997 because oh, even... for sure oh my god yes no i'm talking <laughs> about like 60s and 70s version let me let me google like young young jack yeah. nicholson he's even... always been looking a little scary but i mean especially so but i kind of love that like no matter how old he's gotten he still brings this kind of like little sexual dominance to his roles yeah yeah i mean like jack nicholson full head of hair he wasn't he wasn't that bad to look at Mm. um i i i know that's one thing i had a hard time with too with besides like being possibly a gold digger like Mm -hmm. why the fuck is young hot ass gabriella slumming it with (laughs) with him like yeah well it's funny because i think that she truly did love him she had time and time and again to leave which she does by the end but i think that there was a piece of her that really did believe that he could provide her a better life and that she wasn't trying to scam him or in for the money i think that she was charmed by him like you know in in the scheme of thing it's like she was working for that rich family there were better candidates probably within their social circles to pick from than the wine dealer. But I, I have a, I'm from what I saw in the movie, I got a sense that he knew her prior to her working for the family. And that was his end to robbing them was that she worked there. So, mm-hmm. um, but that's another problem I have with this movie, but I'll get into that. Um, I do want to, I do want to touch on some of the actor interviews I watched. Um, I didn't see too many of JLo, like in terms of video interviews where 
they talked about this movie in particular because right around the corner was Anaconda and Selena. So, um, and this movie didn't do well and she was a minor character. So a lot of her interviews, like the following year, actually, did this come out the same year as Selena and um, Anaconda? 97 yeah yeah i didn't i didn't realize that when we um did anaconda okay well so a lot of that focus were was on those movies um i do think like it seems like a lot of the actors wanted to do this movie because of the director mm-hmm. and bob raffleson jack and jack nicholson actually have done uh seven movies together so they have like a good working relationship um, I watched an interview with um, with Stephen Dorff where he said he wanted to do the movie because of the director, Bob Ralfelson, and that was pre-Jack being attached to it. I think he came to the movie kind of late. He wasn't initially like right off the bat like, oh, there's this movie with Jack Nicholson. And um, I'm not sure about Jennifer, but I'm sure that was a pull for her maybe jack or the director just because of their reputation and then um i i read an interesting thing that uh sir michael kane was he was about to quit acting he's gonna give it up and his good pal jack nicholson so if anything good came from this movie this is it to me is that jack nicholson talked him into like you know, hey, I know you like want to give up acting because to Michael Caine, he had starred in a bunch of movies, was a movie star, you know, and as he got older, he wasn't getting offered those kind of roles, like lead roles. And, you know, he's like, you know, I'm getting older. It's not, there's not much out there for me. Uh-huh. And Jack Nicholson was like, look, hey, why don't you be a character actor? You don't have to be the star, but, you know, you can, you can still add a lot to movies and i saw a funny comment on youtube where it was like um is this is this it was like is alfred helping the joker or like story? (laughs) (laughs) and i was like oh i didn't even realize like he was alfred and jack nicholson at one point played the joker and they both have Batman ties. So back Batman to our ties. like six degrees of separation with Jennifer Lopez. Seriously. <laughs> I could not and- imagine if Michael Caine stopped acting at this point because I feel like, I mean, he's so well known for for spanning out through many generations. But like, what would Christopher Nolan have done without his congeniality? Like what, <laughs> what would happen? Then? Gold member. <laughs> Like, and that's, I think that's a good lesson because I know I'm hard on myself about like, oh, I'm 28. I haven't done this, this, and this. And like, even people who have accomplished things in their life, like get to a point where they're like, well, I guess my time's up. And that's not true. Or like, maybe your time starts later. So, or maybe like, again, you touched on it with Jack, like, Roger Ebert thought this was one of the best performances of his career and he still had more stuff to do like he still did so much more and way better mm-hmm. by the way than this movie so so yeah people uh don't let your friends give up 
on their dreams and their passions. Um, also, I have a fun fact for you. Oh, please. Stephen Dorff, according to his interview on Watch What Happens Live with Andy Cohen, lost the role of Jack in Titanic to <gasps> Leo. Oh, <laughs> interesting. Yeah, so I guess it was kind of down to the two of them. And because of this movie, <laughs> it hadn't di- done that well. And it was like a different caliber of film, really, mm-hmm. compared to like what Leo was doing. They were like, oh. Not really, but I've also seen things where people are like, I only got this role because Leonardo DiCaprio turned it down. Like they they pretty much gave it to him and he didn't want it. So yeah, like, so that's because Leo was that dude at that time. Um, I'm sure he's still like that too, though. But oh um, yeah, I think he has that luxury to be very picky and choosy with what he does. Yeah. But to, there's that fun fact. And then also another six degrees of separation from Jennifer Lopez. He was in Blade with Wesley Snipes. Stephen Dorff oh. was in Blade with Wesley Snipes. So mm-hmm. Halo did Money Train, then Blood and Wine, two dudes, one chick, <laughs> both <laughs> movies. That's pretty much the premise of both of those movies. Two, two dudes, guys, one, chick. one chick. Yeah. <laughs> Um, so. I mean, at least with Money Train, they were appropriately aged, and but yeah, with uh, and there was an appropriate sex scene. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, see, that's funny because I think the sex scene in Money Train it. It wasn't necessary for that to actually work. Like they could have just been attracted to, to each other, been flirty, started or like dating kissed or something. Yeah, they didn't have to like, hey, I like you, so we gonna get this popping or not? <laughs> like that's pretty and much that sex scene. I mean, I don't think I talked about this in our last week's episode, but I wrote down in my notes on Money Train. I was like, I feel like I'm watching a soft core porn. Like Kevin walked oh. by my room when where I was watching it. He's like, what? The- <laughs> There were some <laughs> audible moans going on. So when I still will turn the volume down because I live at home. So I'm still <laughs> like, oh, like I am just watching a movie. <laughs> that is it. <laughs> it's nothing. It's nothing. It's <laughs> <laughs> oh, so funny. Um, also, I, I'm. I think going forward, I'm just going to be like the sex scene aficionado. <laughs> but. Um, <laughs> JLo also talked about like having a love pillow because her co-star in my family and Selena told her about it. And he's like, oh, ask for the love pillow. But it's this pillow that gives you space in a sex scene. So um, she's like, that is like my saving grace from now on doing sex scenes. So I have that. And um, she joked about Wesley Snipes. She's like, get some Luther Vandross and like, <laughs> so like I'm in the mood. And later on, she said she had a body double for that sex scene, which yeah. we get a little, we get a little, t- we get a little nipple. So I don't know if that is what that was for, but, um, right. She's like, oh yeah. Like I had a body double and money train. So I was like, oh, that's huh. interesting. 
Yeah. I think when people think of Jennifer Lopez, one of the most popular images that comes to mind is the infamous Grammys dress. Yes. Which boobies. When we get to that year, we should do a little little trip down memory lane for the Grammys dress because oh my god, I thought you were gonna say images. (laughs) I thought you were gonna say fashion show. Like we gotta recreate it. I couldn't do that. I could both in blankets right now. I know that's what I was gonna say. So for as you know, this is not a visual show, but right now Bria and I are both wrapped up like little babushkas in these big Sherpa blankets. But maybe that's what we can do is we can make a dress and clip it because Bria had this ingenious idea of taking a binder clip and clipping it under your chin so it keeps in all your body heat. But maybe what we could do is we could be naked and then clip it right at like what the belly button is where it was. It was below her belly button. It was button. below but yeah. And then just get a little like boob tape. No one needs to see all that on me. <laughs> I will say that. <laughs> Clear out. No one, no one's signing up for that. Um that but on a fashion note, I would be happy to do a little fashion segment for once we get some red carpet action and Ooh, stuff for JLo right. after yeah. per that era of her time mm-hmm. because she is i think she's a fashion icon for oh sure. definitely like cemented in my brain is her i think it's a vma or um i think it's the vmas when she when she first made her appearance with puff daddy and she has on the rhinestone white mm-hmm. bandana and like the white outfit like it's not flashy it's not the versace dress but young me like she if you didn't have a rhinestone bandana in the 2000s after that (laughs) what were you doing you were you you weren't living your best life that's that's exactly what like everybody went and bought bandanas and hot glue guns and rhinestones and were trying to get their bag like with the rhinestone bandanas so she she had a moment for sure she's not the only one who did that but like for me that's definitely someone I remember seeing that on for the first time but um yeah so that is that's all I got on actor interviews really so um I think what I got from that is it seemed that a lot of people wanted to do the movie based on the director, which makes me wonder if they read the fucking scripts. Because if I, I am curious to read the script to be like, hmm, this might work out. This we might could finesse this into a good movie. Mm-hmm. I, I don't, I don't think it was there in the words either. But, but hey. Not everyone can make a great movie. I saw a tweet where someone was like, I wonder if actors be filming something and like in the middle, they're like, this shit gonna flop. (laughs) And I saw an actress retweet it and was like, yes. So it happens. They might have been in this and they were like, hey, the check cleared. Who cares? (laughs) (laughs) I'm gonna get paid either way. So fuck it. Uh, What did you think about some of the screen chemistry? um on between jennifer lopez and or we can use their character names gabriella jason and alex this is a hot mess (laughs) um (laughs) i think i don't see 
I don't want to harp on this, but I think it would have been more believable if something came of it all. <laughs> like, <laughs> even, okay, like, let's forget sex. Even if she ran off with um, with Jason at the end and she didn't just hop in the truck and leave and she was on the boat with him and they they sailed off into the Caribbean together that would have made some sense of like all the tension and whatnot going on um I I don't I'm not as generous as you in terms of like believing that she was really in love with um Alex Jack's character mm-hmm. um I do think he was really in love with her because even at the bitter end, he was still like, we can go off together. <laughs> like, and at no point did he seem to like only be using her for sex or anything like that. Like he seemed very committed to running off with her and living the rest of his best life. Um so yeah, I just, I just, if anything, I think the little, like her have, snagging a diamond and putting it in her back pocket, hey, that was great. And again, a missed opportunity to have Jennifer Lopez in a bikini on a beach somewhere living oh, her best life. Damn. <laughs> yep. Like, even if it's not with these two losers, if she pocketed the diamond and then, you know, went off and like, lived her best life somewhere else too like yep or got her family to the states or Mm -hmm. got got her papers and became a citizen like something it just seemed like it was all for nothing especially when I watched it this morning and I was like we went through all of this and he throws the fucking necklace in the ocean like we're on the Titanic I was gonna say I screamed because I was like, dude, we get two movies this year where someone throws an expensive ass necklace into the fucking ocean. That's going to piss so many people off. I don't know. I don't know what he was supposed to do at that point. But also like the fact like, okay, Stephen Dorff's character, Jason, he finds the necklace because his mom was admin about taking her fucking suitcase. Mm -hmm. And... um. (laughs) he finds the necklace or she found it and then he's like what's this and she's like oh i don't fucking want it which first of all what (laughs) like i know that you're mad at your husband because he like blew all your insurance money from your first husband and he has this like shitty ass wine store that's not really doing anything but putting you in debt and you're unhappy and you have a substance abuse problem i'm not sure if she was a drunk or a drunk and she was on codeine, like on syrup, like she was sipping the scissor. Like Definitely. Before. I, I think it was mostly alcoholism, but yeah, with a mix of other codependency issues. Yeah. So like I get her beef. I do. I really do. Yeah. But at the same time, if I stumbled upon a nice gaudy piece of jewelry, I'd be like, oh, this is the ultimate fuck you. You thought, yep, I, I got this necklace now, bitch. Like, and I'm and the fact that he blew her money, that's that's your payback right there. Mm-hmm. So it really shouldn't, in my mind, have fallen into Jason's hands. Like, and so yeah, I don't know. And I I I also struggled with like the backstory of this family. I don't feel like it was fleshed out enough. 
Also, yeah. re-watching it, I was like, why the fuck are we jumping? I'm just jumping into my bitch list at this point. Oh, please, where did I hope the you do. conversation on chemistry go? But we're j- you just jump into the movie and uh, Jason is on the beach fishing for sharks. Like, that has nothing to do with this. <laughs> with I this thought premise. that that was going to have to do something like he was like... Uh, a like a rare like a a fisherman of like rare or big fish or sharks and that he was going to that was going to somehow tie in and that he was going to like hide the diamonds in one of his like fish and then that accidentally gets sold at a fish market we should rewrite rewrite this (laughs) (laughs) yeah there were lots of things that i'm like well that's not really answered and it's obvious that like alex is jason's stepdad and that they don't get along and for whatever reason jack nicholson or alex is adamant about bringing Jason along on his like wine trips and stuff when he's like delivering wine to his clients. Um, But yeah, there's lots of plot points that kind of start somewhere and then never finish. I feel that frustration. Yeah. Like even like him bringing, like, I don't understand like them working together if they don't get along besides like, Maybe because it's his mom's money fronting the store. Or, yeah. I don't know. Especially because he has like this Fisher thing going on. It's not like he like is a bum and just needs a job. Like mm-hmm. he's also do pursuing something he does quite enjoy. And so, like makes decent money to buy. Like he's we see that little storage box, that little tackle and bait box where he has like wads and wads of cash from it. It's yeah exactly and then i'm curious too like i was i was curious like why he brought him to the house when he was like casing it and not involving him in that plan because like part of me was like how could this movie have been better like should jason have been on the in on the plan in the beginning to begin with because he's already there Mm -hmm. but and he's kind of like a distraction because he's like he's outside delivering the wine to the boat he's with gabriella that leaves jack nicholson time to roam the house and check out the safe and stuff and um yeah i don't i don't think that would have worked unless their relationship was better but yeah i don't i don't and like why couldn't they have split the necklace like (laughs) especially once once Jack kills off um, Michael Caine's character, Victor, like, like, look, just give me the necklace. I know someone who will give me the money. We can split it. You can go live your best life. You know, let your mom rest in peace. I'm sorry she died. I know you miss her and I can go live my best life. We don't have to see each other again, but we're all, something came of it. <laughs> like, that's another thing. You have two people who die in the course of them trying to figure out this necklace thing. And it's like, what'd they die for? It's in the fucking ocean now. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. Yeah, it's all for nothing. But, you know, I mean, at least Gabriella gets a little nugget and takes it away. I think that I wonder if that is why a lot of the reviews were saying that it's just one of those um 
like crime noir movies that just show you that bad things will happen to bad people and they'll always get their upcomings at the end. Now, Victor slash Michael Caine, I can understand, but the mother, Judy Davis, I'm so sorry, I can't know, remember her character off the top Suzanne. of Suzanne. Suzanne, thank you. Um, I, like, her death was needless, and even though she, like, had the diamonds and didn't want to give it up, like... Well, I, her death wasn't needless, but because of the fucking lack of the sex scene, it <laughs> seems needless, because I thought about that, too, when he gets out of the hospital, and he... First of all, I was like, what the fuck? Is he a hospital escapee, like, just running through this, like, kind of vegetated, like, yeah. dirt I thought path. he was going to revisit the car crash scene because that's kind of looked like where he was, where the <laughs> crash had happened. Oh, maybe that's what that was because I was confused. I was like, he's not in the hospital in, like, rural, like, wherever. Like, he's in Miami. Like, he's in a city. He's not yes. going to be just running out in the wild. So maybe that is it. Maybe he went back to the car scene. But... Also, at that point, why hadn't Jack Nicholson done that if that's where the necklace was? Like, mm -hmm. And then he wouldn't have had to been, like, stalking his bedside, <laughs> like, to be like, where's the fucking necklace? Um, but so he escapes the hospital without Jack, um, Alex, knowing and goes to the house. And Gabrielle is there in bed. And he, like, wakes her up thinking she's alex and then it's like oh what are you doing here wait and he finally knows like that she's in a relationship with alex and all this stuff and there's i think you can tell where the sex scene was supposed to be was there because um he has a knife and then he's like on top of her and they have like this weird like nose nuzzle and then he like drops the knife and it's like on the side of the bed and mm -hmm. I was like what was all that for like if nothing happened there and then also uh, Alex accuses her of sleeping with him anyways mm -hmm. he's right like, well did you fuck him you fucked him in my bed and she's like no I did not fucking like with her like bad Cuban accent oh my god thank you so much for bringing that up because I really wanted to talk about it I don't blame J-Lo, though. She's a young actress, and no, I don't and get why they didn't just make her, like, ambiguously Latina, not specifically, like, Cuban. Yeah, they, she could have been Puerto... I mean, she could have just played off her Puerto Rican yes, heritage. Yes, that but is a great point. She just... Yeah, some of her... Her accent wasn't, like, terrible. It was just a lot. It was... Yeah. It was very, it was very thick for sure. And I mean, I do enjoy her story on the boat about like, you know, coming from Cuba and the journey and feeling bad for being happy and stuff. Like I thought that was like, that was the most like, oh, excuse me, that a character um, had some depth to them. If it, and if anything, maybe Michael Caine's character, Victor, because he's a criminal. Mm -hmm. He's like, this is what I do, baby. Like, as long as I don't <laughs> look like my mugshot, like, I'm golden. And 
I bought into that. He seemed like a career criminal who knew what he was doing and was on his last legs and just wanted one final big score. But uh, I'm glad that you aired your shit out because when I first, when I watched this the first time, I'm so embarrassed to say I fell asleep because I'm a hashtag old lady. (laughs) But when I rewatched it, I was like, I can kind of predict what this bitch list is going to be about. (laughs) But I didn't think it would be so much about the sex. Honestly, I just thought it was going to be about like, there were so many different plot points. I disagree with what Ebert have to say. And listen, obviously, like there are other reviewers out there besides Ebert. And he's just some old white dude that has opinions like we all do. But I disagree when he had said that like, all minor characters play a crucial role to the plot, which I I suppose they do in some way, but there were also, they could have committed to those side plots more. It just all, mm-hmm. like the actual heist of the diamond necklace took no time at all, but it was the circumstances of the handling of the necklace that is what really drove the plot. Yeah, and I think, too because we don't understand like there's not enough attention given to the relationships and the dynamics between some of these characters Mm -hmm. that it's easy to not care about the struggle of the possession of the necklace because again there's so many like just like the mom just take the necklace and run like your Mm -hmm. son shouldn't have been involved anyways then he went back to miami like to go see gabriella i was like what was that for there were so like and i had to think at some point i mean i know jack goes back to his wine business and Mm -hmm. his business partner was like oh there's a message for you the the police are looking for you i was like this fucking took long enough shit like but and the family was supposed to be gone for like three weeks so like that had to have it had to had happened like within or post three weeks like it took that long for all of this to happen right and no one the police didn't come looking for him when suzanne died in that horrible car accident like he would have been her first point of contact also if the money issue was about was about not having money hence why he needed to steal diamonds once suzanne died what's her life insurance policy gonna be like Hmm? Hmm? Mm -hmm. maybe he doesn't maybe he doesn't have to worry about the diamonds anymore as morbid as that is to say But even then, like, if their marital issues were about money, too, like, once, that's why, like, her shooing off the necklace, like, I don't want anything from him is, like, baffling to me, because it's like, oh, that's your leverage. That's, you're like, hey, I have something you want. I don't want to be married anymore. And you give me a cut of whatever you're getting from this and call it a day, or I turn you in, like, Mm-hmm. Also, another thing that bothered me is like when they left that club after um after Jason gets in the fight with Victor, he lets her drive. Whereas when they left and her and Alex had gotten into the fight and they left their house to flee, mm-hmm. he made a point to be like, hey, pull over, let me drive. And she's like, I'm a great driver. And he's like, pull over, let me drive. 
You are running from people who are looking for something you know you have <laughs> and who are criminals. And you don't think to be like, hey, no, let me drive, mom. But fleeing your stepdad, like, and your mom, they just had an argument about infidelity, really, and, like, old shit that still is a problem. You're like, no, let me drive. Like, that, maybe the car crash wouldn't have happened. Like, like that plot wasn't strong enough for me because of that. I was like, that makes no sense. In this scenario, you're like, no, let me drive. But in this scenario, you're like, oh, yeah, you could be the getaway driver. What? <laughs> that makes no sense. Yeah. I just feel like this is a very Florida movie. <laughs> I wrote that down. I was like, if anything, this is death. This is on point for Florida people. This is shit that would happen. <laughs> also, also, another thing I wrote um, down is that um, after his fight with Suzanne, mm-hmm. he's giving himself stitches by candlelight. Like. <laughs> It just why why candlelight like you can't turn on the house the lights in the house or something like it, it yeah it was they just spoke to me maybe like, he's hmm. trying to set the mood <laughs> he's like you know what i deserve some self-care let me light this candle let me stitch myself up a little bit it is um, aromatherapy candle <laughs> to <laughs> relax this Bath and Body Works warm vanilla sugar, and he's just like, <laughs> "There's a body shop." <laughs> yeah, he's like, you know, I'm gonna draw a bath after this. And another funny bit to me was like Michael Caine's character clearly is like an avid smoker, and mm-hmm. he's got like something going on with his lungs, probably it's like advanced so, lung cancer or something. Yeah. So he's coughing a lot. And let me tell you how triggered I am in this panic at the disco of a, <laughs> a deep cough, because I, there's a few coughs where I was like, mm, like cover your mouth. <laughs> like, Especially because yeah. he was coughing up blood so much. It's like, Oh God. And then I didn't get the asthma pump thing once Jack had like choked him to death and he like sprays like what was that? I almost thought of it as like when a perpetrator masturbates over a dead body and just like like leaves a little <laughs> jizz on them but he's just like this is my calling card <laughs> but then Steven Dorf's character so it looked like Alex left him in the lounge chair by the pool Steven but Dorf's- then he was in the pool yes like how did that happen like that's a continuity error maybe because yeah maybe they showed maybe they showed him like dragging him into the pool but then they cut that scene out but and maybe that's what they were trying to stage it to be that he had like like oh oh get this get this here's where my true crime brain goes maybe he is (laughs) puffing the asthma into his mouth so that in a case of an autopsy it's like around his mouth and so people are like oh he died of an asthma attack or like he was sick and this is what happened and he like struggled to get breath but ended up choking and dying and then that's like how he was and then he like fell backwards into the pool Mm, okay because my true crime brain went into like it's obvious he did not drown in the pool if there's no water in his fucking lungs. Like, if he's just floating in the pool, then 
you're gonna rule out a drowning if there's no water in his lungs like true can water so, get rid of like fingerprints though or any other kind of dna from nicholson that would have been on the body i think so probably we're Look gonna need to, to get a forensic murder. analysis special <laughs> on this <laughs> Stay tuned for part two of the review of this really shitty movie when we get a crime scene investigator. I mean, also, like, speaking of, like, true crime brain, when he's in the car post-accident and he's trying to find the jewels and he's, like, just pawing her body and she's bleeding and he's touching the blood and touching her, like, how, how did he not get like maybe a fingerprint or something like on mm. her or something where the police were like hmm this isn't the other this isn't her son's fingerprint this is uh, like suspicious yeah just saying. yeah they would have been able to tell that she was touched like after the accident just say hmm. so cover your damn tracks nicholson jesus and uh oh oh but if this hat Thank you for your uh, recap of this year, because if OJ just happened, (laughs) DNA was not really like what we know it to be at that time. It was still very new. And even in the OJ case, like it was hard for people to understand like what that meant. So they probably weren't thinking with our advanced 2021, like true crime podcast listening uh, brains where it's like why would you touch her bloody corpse and then all this other stuff so okay yeah you gotta keep in mind that the times the times that's true do you have any other final thoughts on jennifer lopez in particular how this role might compare to her other roles that we have watched thus far um well if you couldn't tell by now this is my least favorite movie that we've watched her in so far and that's saying a lot because she has a little bit more screen time in this than she did in like the nurses of the jungle movie. nurses on the line the crash of flight 97 <laughs> just, just gonna change the movie title every time <laughs> that movie was a tv movie and i would rather re-watch that than rewatch this um i think okay just focusing on jennifer her acting her character again i think she did her job she played the role as it was given to her and um I don't I think her accent was okay I don't think it's terrible I don't know that I have an expertise on Cuban accents but um I think she like that was okay that was good I think her scene with Jack in the hotel like obviously it was very like sexy and central like latina i'm a dance mm-hmm. um with you in lingerie <laughs> so that was great again sexy i did cringe when he called her and she was like poppy tell me you love me and i was like Ugh. okay chica <laughs> yes oh and then he does like some weird jack nicholson laugh like chica <laughs> like and it's like oh god no um and I found her scenes with Jason like I thought she was good at like kind of patronizing him like the least I think I think she did her job 
I'm not disappointed with her performance in this movie. I just think they kind of robbed her of like that moment of her character actually having like some weight in this family feud. Agreed. And playing some role or getting, I mean, we know that she does get a diamond piece by the end, but similar to Money Train, like I want to see, I want to see her like spend it and get something out of it. And like after Mar or the after part where she gets to have a better life and have more freedom and choice. When she's the bitchy lady on the yacht being like, go check on the baby. (laughs) And you know what I thought about too? I was like, this is hilarious because JLo is probably in that position more so than that actress ever Uh could be. (laughs) And like JLo's probably, I don't, I'm sure she's nice to the help, but she probably has help. So (laughs) Um, what a turn of events in a career gone right. Um, But yeah, those are my thoughts on her performance. Um, Yeah, I agree. She, I think she was there. I don't know if she had chosen this role because she got the opportunity to work with some bigger names than she had in the past. But I think she she played her part and she did it pretty well. Um, and I wish that there that she could have had a little bit more action, a little bit more fighting as she was underutilized in some aspects. Yeah much like money train but Mm -hmm. I I think you're right in terms of I think at this point in her career she made some choices based on like who she was amongst and I Uh think um in life you know I I've read quotes where it's like you know you are who you hang out with or you know you want to surround yourself with like-minded people or people who inspire you or push Mm -hmm. you or and I think she was doing that in her early career because so far in the movies we watched, except for, well, I mean, even Nurses on the Line, there's some like career actors in there. They might not be like super A-list, but they had like some stuff under their belt for sure. So I think she um, definitely was surrounding herself with solid actors to learn from. Mm-hmm. And as a young actor, I'm sure like, even if you're in a floppy, terrible movie with Jack Nicholson, being able to be, you know, on set with him and see how he works and stuff like that is helpful to you. And the same probably with Robin Williams and Diane Lane. Like at that point, maybe that's all she she wanted. She didn't necessarily like need to. And then look what came afterwards. You have mm-hmm. Anaconda, mm-hmm. where she's like the lead lady. You have Selena, where she's definitely the lead. And really, I think also most people note that as like her jumping off point. Mm-hmm. As like her, that's her big role where it's like, oh, wow. Like, she's a star. She's a, she's a solid actress. So I think overall... Do you think a movie like this could hold its own if it were to be remade now? I think we need to take 
screenwriting uh, masterclass. This, <laughs> this is the movie we're going to rewrite. And I did look up the writer of this movie because it's clear to me that I feel like what drove this movie might have been the director. Mm-hmm. And I don't know how the script came about or anything like that, but like, I think the script probably is severely lacking. Like, it's in, um, I read a review from David Rooney from Variety, and he mm-hmm. said, like, what drives the material and makes it compelling are the sharp, often playful characterizations rather than the familiar plot machinations. And I think that speaks to the script. Like, I think because they had these great actors, they were able to do more with, like, the plot than probably if this was, like, a movie full of nobodies Mm -hmm. and they had the same script. I think the plot could work. It just needs to be better written and, like, things need to be fleshed out more and there's probably things that don't need to be there, like the damn fishing scene in the the (laughs) beginning. (laughs) And there needs to be some kind of relationship climactic point, Mm. like a decision being made. Does not have to be sex. Some closure would be nice. Yeah, could be a kiss, could be running off together, something, because... I don't know how you don't include that, but maybe like just have whoever was Alex's character have used Gabriella and just use her like, and that's it. Like it was only about being able to get into where you work to rob it. Not, I'm not in love with you or anything like that. Just use her for what you need and that's it. Ooh. And then she catches on and she's like, oh, you know what? I helped you with this. And I want a damn piece of this too. And then she almost like finds, yeah, then she finds her way to sneak in and either take some pieces of the diamond or the whole necklace itself. I like that. I I think she is more useful in that sense than the wife was in terms of curtailing his, like, uh, his journey to getting the money. Like she's more able to like put a pin in that than the wife was because Uh she was drunk she had no clue Uh besides that he was cheating but you know besides that like she just she didn't she stumbled upon the necklace and didn't even care yeah she "Ah." wasn't even trying to look for it just happened upon her because all for what she insisted that she needed her suitcase (laughs) <laughs> exactly. And I I did make a note about that because that bothered me as a plot, like driving force is like the only reason she finds it is because she's hell bit on being like, this is my fucking suitcase and I'm out of here and I'm going to drop, dump your shit and put my shit in. And he just hid it in a part where she didn't know it was there. So she couldn't dumped it out on accident. But I was like, you know what, though? I am that petty that if I was upset with someone and they were going on a trip and they were using like a bag of mine, I'd be like, give me my fucking bag. It's my <laughs> so I, I commend her pettiness in that regard. But yeah, like she, she wasn't as helpful as a plot point to me as she could have been. To- now I'm embarrassed to say I did not see the heist. Did you? yeah i don't think jennifer lopez was in it but it was one of those fuck it was one of those ones 
Oh, wait. where it's like the Lady Oceans Twelve or Oceans Eleven. Is it with Viola Davis and like it's all these wives and their husbands? Something happened to them and now they take over their heist or yes, widows. No, I mean there is the Females Oceans movie, which is what Oceans Eight. Damn, maybe that's what I'm just thinking of. Or maybe I got that confused with Hustler, which we'll get eventually get. With Jennifer Lopez? Yeah, yeah. Oh, it's, I, yeah, it's um, it's Hustlers. So what, what were you getting at with I Hustlers? I forget what I was getting at. Oh, oh, like if this movie was remade, that it would just have an all-female cast. And it would just be... But like kind of the same premise where it was the circum like the high the robbing of the jewelry was easy, but the switching and handling of the jewelry something goes wrong. Um, you know what? I feel like you you're very hell bent on remaking a lot of these movies into like female centered cast. Hell and yeah, I'm all for it. And I feel like with this movie the plot of like the heist going fine but like the jewelry like possession and all that stuff going haywire i don't want to down women in this way but like we're dramatic and messy and it it's believable that like some shit would pop off and it's just like i put it in this purse and i left my purse (laughs) at the club or like i got lost in an uber (laughs) (laughs) that would oh my god that would fucking suck if you lost the necklace in an uber i think that would be fun like with um with this movie and i think it would be i think it's um in terms of like how i was saying that alex could just really utilize gabriella for the sake of getting in and that's it i feel like women would be really good at that at like seducing a man and uh-huh. robbing him and then dropping him right after that and that's super believable so yeah i i i yeah let's do it all so. right okay <laughs> are we renaming it like would it be blood and white claw blood and rose Ooh, i like blood and rose blood and franzia <laughs> Blood and boxed wine. <laughs> Blood and boxed wine. That's it. Um, you think it's just a normal mom's book club, but actually they run the biggest jewelry heist in all of California. So we we already we, improved it. <laughs> <laughs> so we always close off with um, our signature cocktail and snack spread uh, for this movie. And I this one was just the easiest call for both of us to make and your signature cocktail for this is off the top of my head I'm thinking some some Earl Stevens Tropiscato and a charcuterie board that's it that's it because that's when we got on the topic that now so Earl Stevens aka E40 makes these yeah potent wines that sneak the fuck up on you and then there's this there's this like second line called vinique and then they're they're like glittery ass wines and when you poo like you poo glitter for three days so that's what (laughs) i was thinking originally where that sounds like some experience (laughs) 
thinking, yeah, some kind of like glittery slurricane-ish type of beverage because it goes with your diamond theme, goes with your wine theme. I like that. If I'm just attributing this to Jack Nicholson and his Coke and Fueled parties, <laughs> then it would be Jack and Coke. Not cocaine, uh. just Jack Daniels and Coca-Cola for the pun. So not like in Clueless when Ty's like, you guys have Coke here? I was like, oh yeah, everyone. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> <It's> like, oh. <laughs> yes, Jack and Coca-Cola. Okay, we're not endorsing anyone to bump a few lines. No. Um, but yeah, so charcuterie board, which is a charcuterie board for those who can pronounce it properly. But it's funner to say charcuterie or call it a cooter board. A cooter board. <laughs> yes. <laughs> um, and and wine. I like the glitter wine. I I want sparkly poops. So definitely <laughs> try that. And JLo is very sparkly too. Like once she once she gets her fashion thing going. She's all about the bling, all about the like dewy um highlighter. Like that's that JLo, the signature JLo glow. But yeah, she's her perfume. Tells us, her first perfume name was JLo Glow. So and but she'll still say, Don't be fooled by the rocks that I got because <gasps> I'm still I'm still Jenny. Wait on the block. Wait, wait. Whoa, is this wait. the origin story? Oh! <laughs> like this is where she got the rocks and this is how she she can pull it like a la britney spears and oops i did it again with the titanic reference and that music <laughs> video she like pulls them out of her pocket <laughs> like j-lo i went down to the ocean i got it for you <laughs> i love it i love this alternate um ending reality that we've created <laughs> so when we rewrite this movie JLo has to be in it, right? Yeah. Like, and she should produce it. At this point, she's been producing stuff too. So I think um JLo will send you the script and you make it happen, yeah. And you you improve this flop in your resume. <laughs> yeah. It's not her fault, but no, it's not. How how powerful is that? Is like reclaiming like your failure and be like, I'm gonna make this. We're going to redo this and make it better. Hell yeah. Ooh, question. Since you're all about the female power, um, and maybe we could uh, come back to this and you can look it up maybe, unless you have it off the top of your head. Uh, female director. Who would you have direct this as a woman director? Mm, good question. Good question. I will have to come back and think about it what did you have an idea in mind um well hustlers was directed by a woman lorene scafaria uh-huh. and so she's already done a j-lo heist movie so there you go i'd also tack that in i don't know if sandra bullock has directed anything but she the oceans movie she could mm-hmm. direct this perhaps to go a little to get a little color in there get a little black with it i don't know if ava duvernay's directed this type of movie she seems to direct really serious movies i feel like so maybe not her but maybe my girl Issa ray because i love Issa ray and i would love this for her Mm -hmm. and there's loads of other women 
who could probably do it, who haven't had a chance to. Probably tons of actresses who've directed here and there, but haven't fully done a movie or something like that. Mm-hmm. So think about it. Maybe we can talk about it at the top of the next podcast. Be like, so female directors go. <laughs> Your clip came unclipped. I unclipped it. It's getting a little hot in here. Oh. <laughs> getting a little jayla glow in this blanket you've got yours on one shoulder like a mink throw (laughs) yes my really expensive fur (laughs) like a bond villain like just (laughs) is that a diamond necklace or are you happy to sing okay well i think we've We've definitely ripped this movie apart and tried to write it back together. And (laughs) any final thoughts? Um, Blood's thicker than wine. I know that there was some kind of pun to be said in there with the title of that movie and the relationship the characters had with each other. But in this circumstance, um, I don't think that any was more thicker than the other. I feel like everything was very diluted. That's all I have to say about that. Which that pun doesn't even work because it's his fucking stepson. <laughs> it's not even his relation. That's right. Not no even one's my... blood related. Um, so failure on the pun title. But um, I just wrote that the problem with this movie for me is just that I, I mentioned this. I never cared about the success or failure of anyone in the movie. There's no one to root for or against, to, in my opinion, because it's just like a clusterfuck of like, I don't know, everybody's fucking this up. <laughs> so um, that's my opinion. I don't, I don't knock JLo for this choice of movie or her acting in it i think again she did her job and that's all you can that's all you can do i have the check cleared and i'm sure it did yeah on to the next one Woo, man thank you for listening to this week's episode and to the ep- <laughs> it was the extra woo man <laughs> keep it keep it keep going keep going keep going Oh, man. All right. Thank you guys for listening to this week's episode. And to the people who've stuck with us so far, come back for another episode of the Great Value version of Inside the Actress Studio. But seriously, if you like us enough to stick around, take another deep dive down this IMDb rabbit hole with us as we discuss the highly anticipated Selena next week in a one-part episode which we will most likely have to make into a two-part episode. And on that note, if you've got nothing better to do, go figure out a theme to watch a bunch of movies you've never seen. I'm your host, Simone. And I'm your host, Bria. And this has been another episode of... Roll Call! And (laughs) cut. Cut. 
we're going to return this rental of blood and wine. And you know what? I'm going to tell the blockbuster employee, I'm going to tell him, you hide this in the back and don't <laughs> ever put this out on your shelf again. We're not going to be kind and we are not going to rewind on this one because no one, no one needs to see this. Yes. Uncle Buck needs more spots on the shelf. So take <laughs> out blood and wine and put in more bucks, please. Oh my God. Yes. That's a movie I would totally rent every, every other weekend. 